We had just begun a two-week bus tour through the Alps when our guide got on the PA. This is not a vacation. This is an experience. You will learn things and see things, but do not expect to have fun. She was wrong, because it was a pretty fun trip, except for the fun parts, and by that I mean the activities that are part of every tour that are just there to fill time. Activities like the Folklore Show. Virtually every town in Europe has its own folklore show. Local people dress in costumes no one wears anymore, sing songs nobody likes, and do dances that no one's done in a hundred years. No tourist enjoys these shows, and locals avoid them like the plague. It's like sitting through a school play that your kid's not in. On our Alpine tour, we saw six folklore shows, and they always played the same number. Edelweiss. I used to love this song. Now I don't want to hear it again for my next ten lifetimes. Mind you, Edelweiss is not even a German folk song. It was created by two Jews in New York in 1959. Coincidentally, I was also created by two Jews in New York in 1959. Edelweiss debuted in The Sound of Music, a heartwarming family musical about a sailor who bangs a nun. It was a Tony-winning play, an Oscar-winning movie, and it became the worst folklore show I ever saw. This was in Salzburg, Austria, the breathtakingly gorgeous town whose Nazis chased the Von Trapps out of Europe. Unlike the film, the Von Trapps didn't climb every mountain to flee the country. They just hopped on a train and got the hell out. Salzburg mounts a folklore show called The New Sound of Music, which seemed to be the old sound of music, but with a cast that included a Filipino man and what appeared to be a Hungarian stripper. During the show, I heard a tourist ask, Are they the real Von Trapps? The Scenic River Cruise is another tourist time waster. They offer these in every country from Canada to Cameroon. But Norway offers an alternative to the river cruise. A fjord cruise. And what is a fjord? It's a river! The only difference is that seawater tends to back up into a fjord. So the only way to tell you're not on a river is to drink the water you're sailing on. So what's the big attraction? It's the name, Fjord. It's got that J in there after the F, looking all weird and exotic. Take it out and you're left with Ford, meaning shallow river or good but not great car. It's the same reason haagen ice cream seems exotic even though it comes from the Bronx. The makers added an umlaut and threw in a Z at the end to make it sound Danish, even though the Danish language doesn't use umlauts or Zs. The name is completely meaningless, although haagen sounds somewhat like the Danish words for chin and toilet. Most tours these days bring you to a winery because you can't see those just anywhere. Except that you can. Wine is now produced in all 50 states. Enjoy a Pittsburgh Pinot Noir or South Dakota Sauvignon Blanc. At least 75 countries produce wine, but critics agree. Vietnam makes the worst in the world. I've been on so many winery tours, I've seen the technology change twice. First they went from aging wine in wooden barrels to using stainless steel tubes that look like iron lungs. Then they switched from steel to concrete vats, which resemble inner city swimming pools. 
These tours always end with the wine tasting, which is all you really care about. You paid 50 bucks to sip five different wines that combined wouldn't fill half a glass. But you've got a skilled wine expert to talk you through it. Of course, the art of wine tasting has been proven to be bullshit many, many times. When experts were given the exact same wine, but poured from three different bottles, they gave them three completely different rankings. The highest rating, no surprise here, went to the wine in the fanciest bottle. And in a blind test, the pros could not even tell white wine from red. A disgusting spin-off of the winery tour is the Olive Grove visit. Here you pay for the privilege of chugging six different kinds of olive oil. Not on bread, not on salad, you just drink straight oil. It's less a gourmet experience than a frat hazing. But nothing beats the time-killing tedium of visiting a tea plantation. There are 20,000 varieties of tea, but that's a result of how they're processed. They all come from exactly the same plant. If you visit a tea farm, and you will, they have them in 62 countries, you'll see the same bush over and over and over again. It's a squat little shrub, resembling a tidy British hedge. But trust me, if you've seen one tea plant, you've seen them all. Enough about individual activities. What about a whole complex filled with fun that's no fun? I'm talking about the all-inclusive resort. I keep going back to these places thinking I'm going to love them, and by day three, I want to drown myself in one of their many colorful jacuzzis. I visited a resort in Mexico recently and began to feel trapped as we drove through five miles of jungle to reach the place. The last Jew to take a ride like this was Dreyfus on his all-expenses-paid vacation to Devil's Island. My friend Howard lured me to the resort. He's gone here every spring for the past five years, never leaving the compound. He sits in a cabana on the beach all day long. He doesn't read a book. He doesn't nap. He's never gone in the ocean. He just sits. He became my landmark when I got lost on the beach. Seagulls navigate by him. They should run cables up his butt and make him a lighthouse. It's hard to hate a resort like this. It's got the ocean, it's got a pool, and there's a bar every 50 feet, including two in the pool. All the drinks are free and they insist you binge. I remember once ordering a cup of coffee and a donut. Would you like tequila shots with that? Yes. And a double vodka martini? Single. Enjoy your breakfast. For dinner, you have a choice of five different gourmet restaurants featuring cuisines from around the world, but they're all made by the same chef in the same shared kitchen, so everything tastes the same, whether it's sushi or souvlaki, mousse or moussaka. It's a lousy line, so I gave you two options. Of course, resorts use that modern cuisine trick where the dish sounds great, right up until the end. The chef's special is herb-crusted filet mignon with sautéed shiitake mushrooms and pearl onions all topped with Welch's grape jelly. Why? Why? Everything you order these days ends with something sweet on top, except caramel ice cream. For that, they add salt. Unlimited food, unlimited drinks, laying around all day. You are literally living like a king. But then you realize how miserable kings are. They go mad. They cut off their wives' heads. They start wars with other unhappy kings. I thought the problem was just me. And then I realized something. No one looks happy at a resort. 
Nobody's laughing. No one's smiling. They're just trudging from meal to meal, trying to eat back what they paid for. It's only at a resort you hear the phrase, Where do you want to have third breakfast? While I don't like resorts, I love cruises. Why? Because there's stuff to do. At any given moment, there's a world of activities on a ship. Volleyball, movie trivia, yoga, bingo, ping pong, Seinfeld trivia, and water slides. It's like life. You have endless choices, all bad. And cruise ships have casinos. Casinos with the worst payouts allowable by law. But there's a quicker way to waste your money. Shipboard auctions, where they sell everything from Thomas Kincaid paintings to art. The first auction I attended, they were selling Erte paintings. They assured us these would skyrocket in value because Steve Wynn was building an Erte hotel in Vegas. It's been 10 years, no hotel. Recently, I was suspicious when the first buyer on the first painting up for sale paid $5,800 in cash, money she just happened to have on her. There have been dozens of lawsuits against these auction houses alleging fraud and price gouging like the $100 dolly print selling for $2,500. Ships even have blind auctions where you bid on a painting you don't even get to see. And the paintings you do see are not the paintings they give you when you get off the boat. But you do get a free glass of champagne, so I keep going back. A cruise ship is fun, but let's go bigger. How about an entire island of fun? South Korea has Jeju Island, Italy has Capri, America has Coney, and Thailand has Phuket. Yes, its name looks like an obscenity. An American student was expelled from school for wearing a Phuket t-shirt. The island's got five-star luxury resorts and dollar-a-night hostels. The beaches look like paradise, while downtown is straight out of Dante's Inferno. Take Bangla Road. Its name is kind of an obscenity, too, and it fits. Bangla Road is a quarter mile of bars, strip clubs, hookers, hookers, prostitutes, and hookers. But what caught my attention was a guy handing out flyers for a restaurant, yelling, Free dinner! Free dinner! I went to the restaurant, asked for my free dinner, and the owner looked at me like I was crazy. Why would a restaurant give out free dinner? I went back to the flyer guy to complain and found he'd been replaced by a baby elephant. It was surreal. A baby elephant with no keeper stood in the same spot handing out the same flyers. Or perhaps the guy had turned into a baby elephant. Phuket is that kind of place. Before we visit two entire countries built for fun, let me tell you a story. When I was a kid in Connecticut, we knew we could always buy booze if we drove half an hour north to Springfield, Massachusetts. This town would sell liquor to anybody of any age at any hour. If a baby needed bourbon at 4 a.m., Springfield would sell it to her. Well, the country of Bahrain is like the Springfield Mass of the Middle East. It's a tiny dot of an island just off the coast of Saudi Arabia. 32 million Saudis with no access to alcohol can drive across a bridge to Bahrain where there's nothing but access to alcohol. This truly is a fun country. It's been called Saudi Arabia's bar. The problem is getting off the island. You have to return via a skinny 15 mile long bridge now filled with boozy Saudi drivers who aren't used to drinking. There are safer places to visit in the Middle East. 
like Baghdad. Or you can go to Dubai. This is a country built on fun, but it's a strict Muslim kind of fun. Dubai is Vegas without vice. There's nightclubs, but no booze, and beaches without bikinis. And because they have lots of kids, they average seven per family back in the 70s. Even the fanciest restaurant in Dubai has an arcade claw machine in the lobby. In fact, one of my favorite memories of Dubai was in an elegant French restaurant. A wealthy Arab family was waiting for a table. There were five kids, a mother wrapped in so many yards of fabric I couldn't tell which way she was facing, and a ferocious looking dad. Black tunic, black turban, bushy black beard, bushier black eyebrows. His youngest son, dressed in a Spongebob shirt and Yankees cap, was begging dad for a one dirham coin to put in the claw machine. Dad roared, no! And so his son kicked him in the ass. Dubai has oil, natural gas, and shipping, but that wasn't enough, so they went into the hospitality business. Up until 1959, Dubai had no hotels, airports, or phones. Now it's got the second most five-star hotels in the world. It's even got a seven-star hotel, whatever that is. Dubai is home to the largest fountain, the biggest mall, and the boringest opera house on earth. They do everything big. They don't just build a hospital, they build medical city. 40 million square feet of hospitals, wellness centers, a medical school, housing for nurses, and golf courses for doctors. That's a true fact, but a lousy joke. Dubai has also got Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest building. It's insanely big, 700 feet taller than the next tallest building on Earth. It's as tall as the Empire State Building, standing on top of the Chrysler Building, on top of the Statue of Liberty, on top of Yao Ming. As proof of its Tower of Babel-like hubris, the Burj Khalifa started out as the Burj Dubai, but they went bankrupt halfway through construction. Neighboring Abu Dhabi bailed them out and stuck their president name on it. This is a colossal screw you, like renaming Trump Tower after the president of Mexico. Whatever it's called, Burj Khalifa is pretty pointless. You build tall buildings in cities because there's no land to spread out. Dubai has the entire Arabian desert. Not only that, they're making new land, trucking in boulders to build 300 islands in the Persian Gulf. One shaped like an enormous palm tree, another shaped like an even bigger palm tree, and a third one's a palm tree seven times as big as the big one. There's also an Atlantis resort, and in true Atlantis fashion, all these islands are sinking into the ocean. More hubris. To quote an old Peter Cook line, I've learned from my mistakes, and I'm sure I could repeat them exactly. What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by Josh Perillo, featuring Coy Wynn saying, Free dinner! Free dinner! With additional voices by Denise Reese and Trevor Morris, Mike's funny doorman. 